Wine and Crime contains graphic and explicit content which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Did you see that listener who posted on social media that their ex-boyfriend was, like, making fun of them for being such a Wine and Crime fan, and he, like, That's made a video... I don't know if that's why they broke up, but and now they're divorced and like one <laughs> and of them like died. So no, but he made some video making fun of uh, the intro, like doing the intro, but then he like <laughs> nailed the Minnesotan accent. <laughs> so Andrea was just like, whatever, and yep, posted you it. it. <laughs> amazing you Thank think you, you're humiliating your partner but you're, you're making them proud just you're, yeah. flattering you're their just, favorite podcast mm-hmm. turns out you're just a gateway gal and you didn't know it <laughs> yeah yeah slippery slope uh, all right slip, slip, well slip slope or oh, we i'm kenyan mm-hmm. oh i'm lucy i'm amanda and uh, this week we have a very special fan pick brought to you by um, Andriana, mm. Andriana, okay, Andriana. You uh, don't know how to pronounce that, but it is beautiful. Uh, Andriana, male, mm-hmm. a male, a male. Oh, but you she her pronouns. No, she her pronouns. Let's start over, Andriana. <laughs> keep you it, have, keep it all. <laughs> you have the same last name as Peter Mail, who wrote lovely books about Provence in the 1990s. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Well, this fan picker has selected. Cool. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> this might not be as, as validating as my bend it like Beckham joke that like 50 people no. online were like, either of them validating? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of people of have been coming out in support of the bend it like Beckham joke. So all the bisexuals got my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bisexuals. They're the best. Ugh, the best. They, we, whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So <laughs> we are the best. <laughs> Whatever. Fan picker has selected the topic of West Virginia crime. Mountain mama crimes. Yeah. <laughs> Take um, me home, cunt. Country road. road. Amanda, remember when we drove through West Virginia for eight minutes on our road trip? <laughs> for like eight seconds, and yes. We drove through that like weird little like Yep. There's like a there's a, there's a weird little a nub. Boom. Yeah. It's a nub. Yeah. Yep. I know it's exactly approximately the nub. eight minutes long. Yep. Yeah, it's really a brief nub. Mm-hmm. It's a brief nub. Is mm. that the only time each of you have been to West Virginia? Yes. Mm, I think so. And I think that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Personally. My my aunt and uncle have a cabin there. And I've been uh, a couple times, actually. And it's it's really beautiful. And their neighbor, who has now passed away, probably unrelated to this, but 
There's no way to There's know. There's no way to know. Um, what are you where, where the fuck is this going? Well, he used to collect squirrel roadkill. And that sounds like the most West Virginia. If it was fresh, ever. we'll get to it. Actually. And <laughs> then cook it and then cut it into cubes and freeze it. And then he would just have like he just like pop the cubes in his mouth for a snack. Yeah, it's like jerky. <gasps> frozen yeah. squirrel cubes? Yeah, he'd eat them it's frozen. Fine. I mean, that I mean they were cooked. That is also not exclusive to West Virginia, <laughs> lest we be confused. Ish. But this is a, it's it's Appalachia, baby. Appalachia, baby. There's a, <laughs> oh, there's a lot of cool stuff about West Virginia except for its senator. Mm. Mm. Except yeah. for that. Except for Joe <laughs> that's that. I'm putting it out the there. Line. They have a beautiful yeah. state house with a golden dome. You know what? Well, we're gonna get to a lot of okay. good and bad things about West Virginia. So I encourage okay. you to interject these anecdotes at the proper time. Okay. okay. Which well, is I just not wanted now, to get apparently. ahead of people who would say that we were shitting on West Virginia. We well, shit maybe on we every will. state we cover. We always we get these emails that are like, you didn't represent us. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, duh. <laughs> That's the point. We shit on everything. Yeah. We shit on everything. We are <laughs> insufferable ourselves. hags. We will shit on Minnesota too yeah. when the time oh my comes. God, constantly. The only thing we have going for us is we're not Wisconsin, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's get to our wine crime pairing for West Virginia crimes. You guys, it's... Okay. Okay. So, story time. I'm actually really mad at myself for already pairing Hard Mountain Dew. (gasps) That would have been so perfect. It would have been. Yeah, Sounds well, safe, because I, so I was looking up, I was trying to find a West Virginia adjacent either wine or cocktail or something. So I started my search with favorite drinks in West Virginia and got milk, <laughs> <laughs> specifically raw milk because of all the farmers that just suck it straight from the teat. Okay, that is so Shit's Creek, and I love it. Oh, and Mountain Dew. That's pretty Iowa, too. That was milk and Mountain Dew were the top two. <laughs> Mountain and like, Dew. Is Mountain Dew ish. from West Virginia? I don't think it is. Okay. But they fucking love it. Yeah. It's their number one consumed soda pop. Right. So obviously, I was not going to go down either of those paths because I had just paired my hard Mountain Dew. I do have one left, but I did go down a brief rabbit hole of cocktails that incorporate milk, but I find milk repulsive, so I quickly stopped that search. Besides a white Russian. regurgitated milk. My least favorite. Yeah, and I didn't have the... I would have just done a white Russian, Mm -hmm. um, which actually wouldn't really be milk. It would be cream, but I didn't have all the fixings for it. So... Then I pivoted and went for most popular cocktail in West Virginia, Mm. which, thank God almighty, was gin and tonic. Mm. But I didn't want that either, so I am drinking a Vizzy Black Cherry Lime Hard Seltzer (laughs) fortified with antioxidants and vitamin C because I'm healthy. Yeah. What are you drinking? It's a salad. It's a salad in a can. (laughs) What are you drinking? I'm drinking mm-hmm. some Savvy B from Ooh. Oyster Bay because it was what was open in my fridge. I, I love, love that shit. Yeah. The Oyster B. Yeah, B. Some tastes Savvy good. B from Oyster B. 
Well, I had a little bit of vodka earlier, so I am currently drinking water, but I also have a little bit of these for later. Oh, send one my way. Yeah, we'll see. Well, uh, this has two carbs, less than 1% juice, and is 5% ABV. Shall we crack? Crack Let's crack it. Here we go. Woo! Wow. That was like a commercial crack. It was. Yeah, it was a... I think the pause halfway through helps get the, the snap. John, isolate that crack and let's reuse it. <laughs> <laughs> isolate this crack, bitch. Cheers, I don't psychos. Know. I love you. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right. To raise your glasses of milk and Mountain Dew to oh. West Virginia. Ugh. Actually, while Lucy does her segment, I'm going to look up what the fuck Appalachian cocktail Zach had us drinking a couple years ago when we first moved here. He was so excited and it involved Mountain Dew and it was nasty. <laughs> I'm going to figure like it out. It was like a mixed drink with Mountain Dew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like an Appalachian special. Mm. I used to drink three olives Mountain Dew flavored vodka with soda water because it just tasted oh, like Mountain you Dew. You and I had that. We had a. At your uh, white trash party. Yeah, I don't think we could say white trash, though. Can we? Um, white people are not oppressed, so we can say white trash. Okay, well, we had a, we're supposed <laughs> to, but whatever. Yeah. We did have a white trash party mm. at my former apartment. <laughs> yeah. And it was Mountain Dew flavored vodka yeah. with like 7-Up. Yeah. <laughs> and we were drunk for like 72 hours straight. Do the do. We, we, we went to Target. We did go to Target. Perfect. <laughs> on, <laughs> on theme. No, I'm kidding. Great time I to run Target. errands. I also okay. love Target. <laughs> okay, I Lucy. <laughs> what's our background and maybe psych for West Virginia crimes? No psych. That means I gotta get my snake my snake ribs out. Oh my face. Oh, the <laughs> thing fell off again. Oh my god. I, gotta, I heard the pop. I gotta I glue it. I wasn't looking at your <laughs> screen. Um, but we will get back to the snakes, actually. <laughs> oh, so God. West, West Virginia, a.k.a. the Mountain State, is the 35th state founded in 1863. The capital is Charleston, not to be confused with Charlotte or Charleston, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like, why? Why do all these states have the same fucking capital? Like, be Charleston. creative. Well, the English, probably. I mean, we'll you said kind it was of founded in a little bit, but like. You said it was founded in 1863, you said? 1863, yeah. But the city of <laughs> well, that, Charleston that, that's when predated. It was... <laughs> you guys. What? what? West Virginia officially became a state only 54 years before Helen was born. <laughs> yeah, during the Civil War. Yeah, your grandma's <laughs> fucking old and now was, she's dead. Was, was. Now she's dead. She gone. <laughs> bye <Bye-bye>. bye. <laughs> yeah, it was the 60s, anyway, the 1860s. Anyway, if we need another reminder that the United States is not that old. Right. Like. Look no further (laughs) than my grandma. Good Lord. Yeah. So the state bird is a cardinal. And Corey would be really pleased because his favorite, but he loves cardinals. Loves them. And it has has nothing to do with like the 
like oh oh like all your your dead loved ones come back as cardinals. It's like mm-hmm. no, he just really likes cardinals. They're fucking cool. That's, They're red. There are they a ton of red. them in Louisville, and the oh, yeah. the local teams or whatever the U of L teams are the cardinals. He there you go. loves cardinals. Well, loves a good he should cardinal. come visit. I love it. I love it. So their state, uh, West Virginia state flower is the rhododendron. Mm. And it's the country's third most forested state. So it's got a lot of trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was, during my research, I read that 78% of the state is forested. Yeah. Like which is most wild. of it. Yeah. yeah. Like I think Maine probably tops that. But we mm-hmm. talked about Maine and Maine is insane. Yeah. My home state. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, your home state. <laughs> I love that story. You're so insane. I love it. <laughs> She's in Maine. You're so in Maine. You can take the girl out of Maine, but not the Maine out of the girl. Whatever. Oh, my God. You I can take Christ. the girl to Maine one time, and she'll tell you she's I've from there. Like three hours of sleep in three days. It's fine. <laughs> West Virginia is also famous for its salt, so wild buffalo and deer gathered to lick natural salt deposits, and Native Americans and colonists gathered the salt to cure butter and preserve meats. Mm. And today, salt deposits are still mined for rock salt, which is then used to create chemicals such as chlorine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So West Virginia fuels our pools. Wow, okay. And hot tubs. Yeah. Uh, I found out what the cocktail was that Zach made. What was it? It is called the Hillbilly Margarita. Love. Tequila and Mountain Dew? Tequila and Diet Mountain Dew. Regular Mountain Dew is apparently too sweet. Margarita salt is optional. And you also just need it in a tall glass of ice. In parentheses, this is not meant to be a pretty drink. (laughs) Uh, I love it. That actually sounds... the photo and a photo of the recipe i'm gonna make one of those for my holiday beverage no, this year it's, i don't like it do well, not recommend well you're not coming over for my holiday so you don't have to like it. Ew. Ew, ew look, look at, at it, it. <laughs> <laughs> i'm putting these in lucy's photo folder no <laughs> Lucy's being assaulted by Kenyon's photos. There you go. It's Done. disgusting. Ew, she did it. God. <laughs> all right. As almost always, I have to discuss the state flag. Yes. I didn't state do flag it. Podcast. I didn't do it once and I got harangued. Yeah, no, you honestly, even if we're not doing a state episode, I think you should just pick a flag. <laughs> It's a random flag. (laughs) All right, let's see this bad boy. Oh, a lot going on. So the West Virginia state flag presently consists of a pure white field bordered by a blue stripe, which is supposed to represent like the the union um, with the coat of arms of West Virginia in the center wreathed by rhododendron. Maximum, as we've discussed, is the state flower mm-hmm. it also just looks like a christmas wreath like with mm-hmm. holly it does like it's Pretty. it seemed really seasonal mm-hmm. can i guess what the latin means mm, sure the free mountain town mountains always, always free. free you're really close but you're not there. forever free nope 
Just let me get to it. My God. Oh, fine. <laughs> Literally don't have that in me. <laughs> You're re- you are very, very close. Okay. okay. Are we going to cover the red hat on the ground? Yes. Okay, good. Just making sure. Topped by an unfurled red ribbon reading, quote, State of West Virginia. It is the only state flag to bear crossing rifles, which are meant to illustrate the importance of the state's fight for liberty during the Civil War as the Southern Unionist state, as well, one of the Southern Unionist states, which means they're technically below the the line, but they're just anti-secession. Yes. And that's why they were created was to like even out the map, basically. Got it. Kind of. We'll sort of get to like Civil War sort of shit because it was really messy. Mm-hmm. All across the bottom of the state flag is a tied red ribbon with the state's Latin motto, Montani Semper Liberi, which means mountaineers are always free. Oh. So you okay. were really fucking close. Yeah. But mountaineers, like as a noun, Got are it. always free. In front of the boulder lie two crossed hunting rifles and a Frisian cap. A AKA, red elf hat. It's yeah. called a cap of liberty. And also, okay, so I was talking to my friend Ben about this earlier. <laughs> the first state flag we looked at, the cap was pink. And he was yeah. like, and he was like, oh, there's pink slime oozing from where <laughs> the guns are crossing each other. And I'm like, what? <laughs> this is gonna oh, be the best state flag ever. Coming out no. of those rifles, <laughs> no, <Cute>. no. <laughs> but I think ben, in most, it, no, in most iterations, it's red. Some of them were orange. I guess mm. at least one was pink. But it's supposed to be this little triangular cap of liberty. Yeah, it looks like Ebenezer Scrooge's yeah. nightcap. Yes. Like sleeping cat. Ghost of yeah, Christmas so, past. So it has, it has some history in like Eastern European t- pe- people who fight or, each other. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's supposed Cossacks? to be like the, 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 the libertarian hat, Ooh. essentially. Okay, Not like I libertarian, like it but slightly like. Slightly less now. <laughs> okay, libertarian means something different to us than it does in like 1700s Eastern <sighs> Europe. But no, but still, it's too scary. Yeah, yeah they came to signify the, freedom and the pursuit of liberty in the American Revolution and the French Revolution. Yeah, it's just a, it's people who will bring a a a, a signifier of liberation, essentially. Okay. Are these like red stocking caps? Mm-hmm. So, also on the flag are two men, which represent a farmer and a miner, and they stand on either side of the boulder and represent an agriculture and industry. The farmer stands on the left with an axe and a plow before a corn stalk and a sheaf of wheat. Ooh. And the miner stands on the right with a pickaxe and behind him two barrels, an anvil, and a sledgehammer. So like a lot of these like state flags, they just represent like the state's Industry. major industries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two things that I want to bring up. One, another term for these hats is cockades. Love that. You got me back. You love anything that, that has the word cock in it. Yup, mm-hmm. sure do. <laughs> and then two, I feel like wheat is maybe the most represented like noun on state flags. State flags, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, American state flags for sure. Yeah. Because it was also like one of the Amber only- Amber waves sort- of grain. 
But it's one yeah. of the only sur- <laughs> survival tools that the colonists had when they got to the mm-hmm. new country. You know well, what I mean? Any quotes for those not <laughs> yeah. on Patreon watching this right. video. The, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, what is now the United States. I feel mm-hmm. like they've, they've discovered a lot of ways of sustenance and wheat and corn and things like that were some of those. Chief among so, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they would have fucking died without it. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So this is from the West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Quote, artifacts have led archaeologists to believe people first came to the region of West Virginia around 14,000 years ago hunting woolly mammoths and dodging saber-toothed cats. Lucky. Whoa. I would cool. like to bring back woolly mammoths. I know. I'd like to bring back saber-toothed cats. I'm okay <laughs> with that. But woolly mammoths are amazing. Yeah. They're it so cool. They seem less scary. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There were also it's people here. Bring back woolly mammoths. <laughs> there were also people here. Uh, 2,500 years ago, building mounds, like, you know, burial mounds and just, like, ceremonial mounds and cool. things that things that we can recognize today as, like, ar- architectural structures. Sure. But most of what is known outside of that revolves around tribes that lived in the region around the late 1600s. So when the white people came and started, like, writing shit down. Mm-hmm. So tribes forced to relocate in the mid-1800s. And there's a lot of speculation about that also. So, quote, the official state position of West Virginia is that there were no Indians, quote unquote, here when the white settlers arrived. No one knows why, but there weren't. And in fact, that is nonsense, end quote. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds not true. Says Wayne Appleton with the Appalachian American Indian Association. The Shawnee had a particularly commanding presence along the Ohio River, but prevailing theory is that many tribes inhabited the area, some only seasonally, which might have... Like they didn't have any like permanent or not many permanent settlements, but they still were like... Yes, a lot, a lot, a a lot of tribes in North America before the Europeans came were nomadic and they... They lived in certain places seasonally for, like, hunting and stuff like that. Right. So the Shawnee had a particularly commanding presence along the Ohio River, but the prevailing theory is that many tribes inhabited the area, some only seasonally for hunting, as I said. Other tribes in the area include the Iroquois, Delaware, Seneca, Mohawk, Cherokee, Manahoac, Meharan, Monokan, Nottaway, Okanichi, Tutelo, and Saponi. And I hope I said those correctly. To but name there are a few. But there were a lot of tribes that had that either were in that area more or less permanently, but just like sort of inhabited it. But like it's a, it's on a huge river. It's in mm-hmm. a it's in a there's there are a lot of animals in that area. Yeah, so. a yeah. lush a lush place for resources for sure. Yeah, there's no exactly. reason they wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great yep. place to be. So this is from Nat Geo. Nat Geo kids, to be specific. <laughs> On our level. Yeah. 
<laughs> Explain it to me like I'm five Nat Geo kids. Let's okay, go. here we go. Explain it to me like you're Nat Geo kids. <laughs> like I know, I know what's about to. And happen, I'm the younger but... sibling of the sibling with the subscription. Right. I mean, I get it. But I just get it. So but will you make yeah. sure? I want to make sure you get it. Right. So. Right. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after the British arrived in the 1600s, the area that now encompasses West Virginia, Virginia, Kentucky, and parts of North Carolina, Delaware, Pennsylvania, and New York were all called Virginia. Yeah, Virginia Virginia. Was, Virginia. Virginia was enormous. It was large and in charge. <laughs> In 1730, Virginia's British-controlled government offered 1,000 acres free to each European family willing to move to the area that would become West Virginia. So if you've ever... What's that Tom Cruise movie? Uh, Mission Impossible. No, it was like the first movie that Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman did together, I think. Eyes wide shut. No, it was like another one. Whatever. The one where they're on a boat? There's like a boat involved? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Anyway... This is a Tom Cruise movie. It's about like the it's it's about like westward expansion where they were like, oh, oh like I'm gonna shoot off the gun and then you all run west and then whoever mm. plants a stake gets that That's, property. Mm, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yikes! Yeah, Spartacus. Sure, <laughs> sure. Whatever. Maybe Nicole Kidman wasn't in there, but Tom Cruise definitely was. Okay. Nicole Kidman, email us and tell us what movie this dances is. with wolves. I could uh, just Google it. I'm not, I'm not going to. But anyway, they, it was just like, it was the same westward expansion, the same, like, we're, it, if you get there first, you get it's it. Yours. Congrats. Yeah. The European yeah. colonialists will give you land that they mm. don't rightfully own. Yeah. Right. Yep. And if the indigenous people come after you, it's your fucking problem. And yep. you are free to yeah. do whatever you want to with them. that problem yeah. with violence. Exactly. So as a result, Native Americans' homelands were taken and tribes began to support the French in a land war against the British, Mm -hmm. which is often called the French-Indian War from 1756 until 1763. I have an ancestor who was a white person who fought in that war and got scalped. Oops. Wow. Just Sorry. Yeah. Sucks (laughs) to suck. I, I mean, it's, it was awful. It was horrifically violent. I mean, yeah. really, really, really violent, actually. And there yeah. are like theories that like the PTSD of people who fought in that war then contributed to the violence of the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. I mean, generational trauma is a super yeah. thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So the Wolf. British, the British won that battle. So West Virginia was still a part of Virginia during the Revolutionary War, which lasted from 1775 to 1783. But at the beginning of the Civil War, which began in 1861, West Virginia refused to secede from the Union along with the rest of the state. So West Virginia was sort of an outlier, like we talked about, or like I mentioned, they were a a Southern Unionist. Mm -hmm. They were not about to go along with the with the secessionist movement of the South. And I think that was because a lot of the white people that lived there were, you know, not plantation owners or whatever. They they didn't directly benefit from, from that economy. enslavement right. of people. Right. Yeah. And so they were like, 
they had no reason to secede. Right. I'm not yep. going to give them the benefit of being no. like, oh, morally, they were above this. It's just that economically, they wouldn't profit from that sort of arrangement. Right. right. So John Brown, ever heard of him? He was an abolitionist. He staged a famous raid on Harper's Ferry in 1859. Mm. And Harper's Ferry, by the way, at the time was part of Virginia, but at but the way the lines are drawn now, it's part of West Virginia. Sure. Mountain Mama. Mountain Mama. Mm-hmm. Brown hoped weapons gained in the raid would be used in the fight against slavery, but his raid failed. And West Virginia separated from Virginia in 1861. And two years later, it became its own state. Like sometime during the Civil War, they became their own state. So I do want to discuss John Brown for just a quick mo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know anything about him? Not really. I don't think so. Does the name ring a bell? Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's also so, the plainest name of right. all time. Well, the name yeah, but John Brown. <laughs> In terms of like a uh, like a tune. Like the bell is ringing, but it's oh, very faint. We'll get I know to, I know what you're getting at. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. I know what it. you're getting at, Lucy. So John Brown, born in May 1800, he was the leading exponent of violence in the American abolitionist movement. He hmm. believed that violence was necessary to end American slavery since decades of peaceful efforts had failed. Mm-hmm. Brown said repeatedly that in working to free the enslaved, he was following Christian ethics, including the Golden Rule, as well as the U.S. Declaration of Independence, which states that, quote, all men are created equal. Mm -hmm. He stated repeatedly that in his view, the two principles, quote, meant the same thing, which Mm -hmm. I don't disagree. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. In October 1859, John Brown led a raid on the Federal Armory at Harper's Ferry, Virginia, which, as I said, is today West Virginia, intending to start a slave liberation movement that would spread south. He had prepared a provisional constitution for the revised slavery-free United States that he hoped to bring about. So he was like, he was fully like, okay, Here's what we're we opening want. The floodgates. Right. We're opening the floodgates. Fuck you. We're going to yep. come at you with violence. Mm-hmm. And this is our plan for when we overtake you. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he had a full plan in place. What mm-hmm. year was this? 59, 1859. Okay. He seized the armory, but seven people were killed and 10 or more were injured. Mm. So 10 plus were injured. Brown intended to arm enslaved people with weapons from the armory, but only a few of those enslaved people joined his revolt. Hmm. So those of Brown's men who had not fled were killed or captured by the local militia and the U.S. Marines, the latter led by Robert E. Lee. Go figure. Ever heard of him? John Brown was tried for treason against the Commonwealth of Virginia for the murder of five men and inciting a slave insurrection. Jesus. He was found guilty on all charges and was hanged publicly on December 2nd, 1859. He was the first person executed for treason in the history of the United States. Wow. That's pretty wild. Mm -hmm. The Harper's Ferry incident and Brown's trial and subsequent execution exacerbated tensions between the North and the South, and a year later, the American Civil War really kicked off. 
So really, he was not wrong about anything. It he wasn't take wrong. A lot of <laughs> upheaval and violence mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. end. Yep, the practice of slavery in the United States. Mm-hmm. So I guess here was what I was sort of questioning: if you've ever heard of this song. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll, I'm I'm going to sing it for you. Old John's Brown, he is a moldering in the dust. Old John's Brown, rifles red with blood spots turned to rust. Old John's pike has made its last unflinching thrust. His soul is marching on. Mm, Old John's okay. Brown, he lies a moldering in the grave while weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured all to save. But though he lost his life in struggling for the slave, his truth is marching on. He captured Harper's Ferry with his 19 men so few and he frightened old Virginie till Virginie. she... Virginie till she trembled through and through. No. They hung him for a traitor, themselves a traitor crew. His truth is marching on. And there yeah. are lots of variations with this song, but that was like sort of a marching song during the American Civil War that was yeah. like honoring his uh, well, I... de- devotion and sacrifice to the cause, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. So. And... It's a Lucy fave because it mentions blood spots turn to rust. It really does. I feel like you could have written this. Yeah. And bodies a moldering in the moldering. Moldering. Your new favorite word. Moldering. Moldering. I'm a go a moldering. Don't mind me. I'm just a moldering. Let us ride taxidermy. I'm moldering in the garage. Oh God. Oh, God. Bunch of old raccoons in a in jar. The Bunch of old raccoons in a jar. No, gallstones <laughs> rattling in a jar. Rattling. Said raccoons. <laughs> I said it. Oh. <laughs> this all got very confusing very fast. I can't tell you two apart, so. Old well, now John I know Brown's my cabinet of curiosities. <laughs> Now I know my episode 400 song. No! <laughs> what a callback. Two years later. God. Fuck. It'll, it'll take two years. Oh, my God. Can we just not? Can we just skip? Can we just call the, to next week's episode, episode 400? Just why? I, I just turn it down to a poem this year. I just can't. Okay, your poem was, it was fucking amazing. amazing. It made yeah. me cry. I know it did. It made me weep. I put the lyrics on the drive if you want to read them. They'll I be do. on the blog probably at some point. I'm going to get drunk know. with my sister around Christmas time and just read it to her at her bedside. <laughs> Bedside? Is she sick? No. <laughs> wear, wear a red Frisian cap. Yes. While you do. <laughs> While you continue on, I'm gonna go online and see how to get a red Frisian cap. Red. <laughs> it's not Frisian. Just get a really large red sock and put it on your head. Oh yeah, it's oh. Frisian. It's Frisian with a ph. Oh, this comes up under F. Oh my God. Okay. Uh, I just got a little bit left here. West Virginia is bordered by Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Maryland to the north. Maryland and Virginia in the east. Virginia and Kentucky in the south. And Kentucky and Ohio in the west. Its wiggly western border is created by the Ohio River because it does have kind of fucked up borders. Mm -hmm. So once the Ohio River and then its winding eastern border is created by the Appalachian Mountains. What is Amanda up to right now? Look at her face. Why do you look look like that? 
What are you doing? The fuck? I'm sending you cap. The so fuck is God. with you? <laughs> oh, God. I found him. I found him. <laughs> oh, for oh sale. Oh, my God. She actually found revolutionary caps. Okay. I, uh, I Just let me, let me get through If we ever do this. a West Virginia I'm show. I'm good. I'm over here hanging out. Oh, my God. Okay. West Virginia can be divided into two geographical regions. So we got the Appalachian Ridge and the Valley Region, which includes the Appalachians and the Blue Ridge Mountains on one side. Well, on like a diagonal side. Mm-hmm. This region is known for its parallel ridges that were cut by streams as well as canyons called water gaps. So oh. a lot of a lot of erosion, a lot of rocky dynamic topography well like there's like hillsides and then there's hollers in like Mm -hmm. the middle in between the the hills where people like live and where the water sources are yes but also okay so this area has a a lot a lot of a lot of forest caves and high peaks and then we have the allegheny plateau which spreads across the rest of the state and there are lots of gorges in this area Mm. Which is, which is why I said, because I the, meant in West Virginia. I didn't know what what part. I think in the Allegheny Plateau it might be more of the gorges, the valleys, plus a wall of mountains that separate these the state's two regions. Okay. West Virginia is called the Mountain State because it's the only state completely within the Appalachian Mountain region. And its average elevation is higher than any other state east of the Mississippi River. Oh. West Virginia was originally going to be called uh, Kanawha, but the region was instead linked to the state of Virginia, which was named after Queen Elizabeth I, who ruled England and Ireland in the late 1500s, a.k.a. the Virgin Queen, because she didn't want to put up with a man. Uh Uh-huh. Good for her. Good for fucking her. And thus began the. I mean, ma- she's also like a brutal colonizer, but yeah, good for her for not wanting to put up with a man. And yeah, like, but she's not a virgin. But, but yeah, she, but she she didn't deal with a bunch of bullshit. Like sure. I actually yeah. like her. in in terms of like the English monarchy, there were uh, worse. There mm-hmm. were way worse. Yeah, that's like picking your favorite piece of shit. <laughs> well, right. I mean, <laughs> pick your like, favorite polished. It's not like she had a choice, but like. So thus began the Mary Queen of Scots debacle and mm-hmm. the Church of England and the Spanish Armada and blah, 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 blah. And you should definitely watch the movie Elizabeth if you haven't already because it is fascinating. And listen to our royal kerfuffles episode because yeah. we went down a lot of these rabbit holes. Yeah. yeah. You are mm-hmm. piquing my interest and only for the sake of time am I not chiming in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So my last little bit is about the animals that live in West Virginia oh, because God. they have Flying squirrels. Love that. Fucking cool. flying squirrels. They got black bears. They got big-eared bats, bald oh. eagles, grouse, barred owls, ruby-throated hummingbirds, stink pots, which are, which are a type of turtle. Oh! Amanda, this one's for you. Five-lined skinks. Skinks! Skinks. <laughs> I know you love skinks. Oh, I love skinks. Mountain chorus frogs, oh which is my adorable. God. I don't even know what it looks like or sounds I'm like, it. but I'm done. I done. I'm done. I love it. Mountain forest frogs. Dusky salamanders and mountain earth snakes. They just got all kinds of shit. So many Appalachian mountain forest frogs. Chorus frogs. Chorus. Sorry. Chorus mountain frogs. Mountain chorus frogs. Mm-hmm. That's what I meant. 
That's anyway, what I'm that, that is the end of my segment. I just they're wanted- not that cute, but they are cute. <laughs> <laughs> they're like ugly cute. Okay, Send I a sent pic. a picture. All right. Well, West Virginia mountain chorus oh. from yeah, they're Take very me plain out. looking. Yeah, they kind <laughs> of have like a like a snake skin boot look to them. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they sound but they they look like if um when you see like an autopsy of someone who smokes their whole lives and their their lungs <laughs> like their black spotted lungs that's what I'm this frog up. looks like okay the black spotted west virginian melanoma lung frog melanoma lung frog right oh i found a video of the sound they make so on the break you can listen to okay. it okay all right, well, let's get to the break because we need to listen to some mountain chorus yeah. frogs. And let's get you need to, to listen to some sponsors. <laughs> and then we'll be back. We'll be right Love back. It. Putting yourself first in this brand new year that we have doesn't have to be a challenge thanks to Talkspace. Using Talkspace feels a little like having a little homunculus mental health professional <laughs> in your pocket. Just, just, just right there. It's, it's just so convenient. Anytime you need them, right there. Yeah. Talkspace offers therapy and psychiatry and being able to reach out to my provider anytime, anywhere, millennial approved, Mm -hmm. makes taking care of my mental health super easy. So whether I'm working or managing everyday tasks, taking care of my own mental health has never been easier. Working through things in therapy can be a little rough, especially if you're not used to it, but connecting with my therapist is not Plus, you can get help with or without insurance. Most insured members pay only $25 in their copay or less. Mm-hmm. We wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and get a personalized match with a provider that is right for you, typically within just 48 hours. You can text, video, or send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's incredibly convenient to have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. I love this aspect about Talkspace because the biggest barrier for me getting therapy before Talkspace was like picking a time in my hectic, chaotic schedule that always changes and putting on pants and brushing my teeth and like commuting to a therapist's office and then having to like sit in my car drying the mascara that has run down my face. (laughs) after that session before I'm able to like safely drive home and nobody wants that you we're past that we want to just from the comfort of our couch text all of our thoughts and feelings to a licensed professional and get help back so talk space baby it's 2023. It's a new time. And I I work through things in my head like in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. which is not conducive to face-to-face therapy. Mm-hmm. So as a listener of this podcast, you'll get $100 off your first month with Talkspace when you go to Talkspace.com slash gals to match with a licensed therapist today. Go to Talkspace.com slash gals to get $100 off your first month and show your support for this show one more time, that's Talkspace.com slash gals and treat your brain. Trade it. If your New Year's goals are to manage your budget better and save money, then, honey, you need Rocket Money. Yeah. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Mm-hmm. 
over 80% of people have subscriptions they forget about. Hi, me. Yep. Like that streaming service you bought just to watch that one show that one time. Mm -hmm. Or that free trial that like you never even used and completely forgot about. Or like those apps on your phone that you use like one time and now they're just like hiding in some folder on your phone that you forget about. Yeah, it's a huge money suck Mm -hmm. and you're like not even aware of it. So Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't want slash that you're unaware you even have. Mm -hmm. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as a click of a button. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. They take care of everything. So no more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth or like remembering that password that you just made up on the spot for that free trial. Or searching for like the teensiest, tiniest font at the bottom of like an email where you can click here to unsubscribe. Like, no, yeah. we're done with that. It, it New year, new money saving techniques. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving on average up to $720 per year. Hi. Who doesn't need that? Yeah. So Rocket Money helped me find a subscription for a streaming service that when I signed up, it was only like $4.99 a month. And then without me even realizing it, just shot up to like $35 a month. What? Yeah. No. So I didn't even know that it went up that it went up after the first like however many 90 days or whatever. Oh my goodness. I I broke up with that subscription and thanks to Rocket Money, I would not have even known how much I was paying. $35 is a lot of dollars per month. A lot of dollars. Amazing. So stop throwing your money away, cancel unwanted subscriptions, and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash gals, G-A-L-S. That's rocketmoney.com slash gals, rocketmoney.com slash gals, and treat your budget. Try it out. All right. I just want to note that we made it all the way through Lucy's segment without mentioning meth. Or deliverance. Mm-hmm. Purposefully. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> there, are ma- there are many beautiful things about West Virginia. I'm saying. Meth Virginia. <laughs> I also didn't mention Don- John Denver, so. Mm. But you did mention John Brown. Mm, sure did. Sure did. <laughs> um, after the episode, I'm going to tell you guys the story. Okay. so <laughs> Speaking of meth. <laughs> speaking of meth and John Denver. <laughs> Can't share this on air. <laughs> okay. My case. Mm-hmm. So this case takes place in the tiny unincorporated community of Five Forks. Oh, I in, hate an unincorporated community. It's always a little creepy. A little creepy. In Calhoun County, ooh, West Virginia. Yikes. I'm Great. assuming <laughs> that's named after Henry Calhoun. Mm-hmm. Is I think he's the guy I'm thinking of. Anyway. Some colonizer. Yeah. <laughs> Located about seven miles north of the closest town of Grantsville. On the evening of January 5th, 1963, a man named Henry Welch received a phone call from his neighbor, Delfred Wilson. Delfred. Well, changing my name. Delfred. <laughs> Delfred Jacobson. It's very Handmaid's Tale. Delfred. It is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> handmade cell, but like in a Spanish speaking country. Amiga del Fred. Del Fred. <laughs> Instead of Alfred. On handmade del Fred. Del Fred. <laughs> Lord. Right? You're not wrong. Yeah. Del Fred. Okay. Del Fred. So Del Fred worked as a night watchman at a rubber factory. Oh, sorry. But he was <laughs> rubber like the material, not like condoms. Hi, my name is John, and I work in a rubber factory. <laughs> One day, my boss said, "Hey, John, are you busy?" I said, "No." I said, "No." <laughs> what the fuck? Hi, my name is John. I'm looking up that whole thing. Hi, my name is Joe. Why don't you why don't you it press don't the button with your left hand? Hi, my name is Joe. Okay. Oh, it's button factory, and I not work rubber. In a button, button factory. factory. And one day my boss came up to me and says, Joe. I said, yo. He says, You busy? I said, no. Can you push? This button with your right hand. Okay, and the gist is one day the boss comes and says, are you busy? And it says, yes. And I work. Anyway, let's move on. I don't know. And one day, my boss came up to me. He says, hey, Can you just no idea what we're talking about? Is it one of those, like. This button with your left hand. It's one of those school bus things. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. It's a school bus thing. Let's cut. Let's both try to cut off Amanda as soon as possible. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Del I haven't thought about that rhyme in thirty-two years. I heard rubber factory, and it just and I work in a rubber factory. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one day, my boss said, "Hey, Joe." <laughs> well, one day, Delfred was Del concerned Fred. about his wife. Hey, Delfred, my wife, <laughs> because she was not answering the phone. Oh Uh-oh. shit! So, she was not answering the phone. The phone. Can you, you can answer, answer the, the phone, phone with, with your right hand? hand. <laughs> okay. All right. Get. We need to get ourselves together. Okay. Literally never. I refuse. <laughs> Look at Michelle. Okay. So stupid. So fucking dumb. So. I don't know why anyone listens to this. Irene is not answering the phone. Delfred is on his night shift as the watchman at the rubber factory. Not condoms, not buttons. <laughs> Got it. Their three children were already grown and had moved out. So they're adult sons. Yep, daughters. But yes, and Irene was and their left sons alone. Were hey grown? <laughs> Irene was left alone on nights when her husband worked at the when rubber her factory. Was a rubber factory. <laughs> I quit. I, I think I really quit. This is what did it. Are you quitting? I said, no. Now continue your case with your left hand. It's oh so my fucking stupid. God. <laughs> Why are we like this? It's so stupid. Oh. Why? And I'm the only neurodivergent <laughs> one at this table. Yeah, right. I don't think so. <laughs> Okay. I certainly do not think so, ladies. <laughs> and then Amanda, I, I said, never... hey, no. <laughs> Are you the only one? I said, no. I said, no. <laughs> Pass the Zoloft with your with left, your left hand. hand. Okay. <laughs> so, 
Oh, my boobs are sweating. Okay. <laughs> no, you're just lactating. <laughs> yeah, that's it's too. not sweat. It's that milk. That too. That too. Okay. It's milk. What? <laughs> it's it's the drink of West Virginia. Oh milk. my god! You are the West Virginia Mountain Mama, Milky Mama, Milky Mama. <laughs> okay. Uh, so right. he's working. <laughs> Their kids are out of the house. Irene is home alone. He's mm-hmm. worried. Mm-hmm. He calls. She doesn't answer the phone. They had a mm-hmm. ritual where he would call to check in at nine p.m. And it was extremely unlike her to not answer that phone call. Mm. So Delfred is worried. He calls his friend Henry Welch. Remember, that's how we started at the top. Yes. Right. So Welch said, hey, Welch. (laughs) (laughs) Can you check on my wife with your right hand? (laughs) With your left eye. (laughs) Someone's going to die. I'm so so sorry. (laughs) I do that all the time. Okay. Can you check my wife <laughs> with your left eye? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welch didn't think that this was really a matter for alarm. He thought that Irene probably just missed the call. But he decided to send his two teenage stepdaughters, 15-year-old Diane Cochran and 14-year-old Juanita Cochran, to go check on Irene instead of going himself. So he was like, hey, girls, go check on Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Irene and whatever. So the two girls made their way to the Wilsons' remote backwoods property on Broomstick Road. Oh, my God. Ew. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that they traveled by Broomstick. <laughs> Fucking ew. <laughs> they made their way on Broomstick. Well, this is like 9.30 p.m. now at this time. And these like two teenage girls are like walking in the dark on this rural road. Broomstick Road. Broomstick Road in West Virginia. Fucking no. Could you paint a more murderous picture than that? (laughs) Well, I'm about to because when they arrived at the house, they found the front door open, but a plate glass storm door behind it closed. Oh... Which is odd. That is odd. Oh, what? Ew. The sisters peeked through the the glass door into the dining room and were met with the shocking sight of Irene's body lying on the dining room floor. Oh, 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 honey. It was immediately obvious that this was not a death of natural causes. Her body had been mutilated almost beyond recognition. Diane and Juanita, these two poor teen girls, didn't enter the house, but immediately ran to the home of another neighbor, like the nearest Mm. neighbor, to call the police. It would eventually be determined that she had been, Irene, had been stabbed 52 times. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Yeah. I'm assuming. Pecan Sandyism. That's. Yeah, that's a lot. Pecan Sandyism. Yeah. I forgot Mm -hmm. about that. Pecantism or whatever it's called. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pecan sandyism. Mm -hmm. Incidentally, or maybe not, but probably once for each year of her life. So she was 52 years old and she was stabbed 52 times. It's probably a complete coincidence, but... Oh, that gave me chills. Yeah. Well, what if it wasn't, though? I mean, it'd be hard to, like, count unless you were stabbing someone post-mortem very intentionally. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot. It's just point. hard to even count to 52. I couldn't. I could, gun to my head couldn't. I do tried. It. <laughs> Lucy tried, only got with, to 10. With my attention. Okay. So. Okay. 
I love what Ken I'm saying. It's hard. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So a butcher's knife was removed from the house to be examined as a potential murder weapon. It's unclear, at least in the press, like what the results of that examination were. It could Mm -hmm. be that it was the murder weapon and they just haven't released that information to the public or it could be that it was found to be unrelated or the results were inconclusive. I don't know. It's in the police file, which has been not sealed for years. I don't know if it's been sealed, but it's not been released. In addition to the stab wounds, uh, there was also evidence that she had been brutally beaten as well as burned. Jesus Christ. Yeah. God. That, there is so much anger rage. and hatred and rage in this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So statements made by police implied that they believe the killer may have made attempts to burn the body in order to dispose of it. But as we know, that's like doesn't work. Not easy to do. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> A local newspaper reported Irene's body as being in, quote, deplorable condition. Calhoun County residents were shocked and bewildered that someone could have murdered Irene in such a brutal manner. She was well-liked in town. Many knew her because of her years working at two local general stores. She worked Mm. at the Ben Franklin 5 and 10. Oh, geez. 5 and Dame. Yep. Ben Franklin's are no more, by the way. Oh, R.I.P. And also uh, Fetty's store. Okay. Okay. I don't have an update on the Fetty store. Yeah. TBD. <laughs> Most people considered her friendly, plain, and unassuming. Okay, rude, but yeah. I get what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but can we fucking <laughs> yeah step it up a, a little um, bit? Can we not? Yeah. You mean her smiled and light up a room? Yeah, because she at least light at least light up a room. For yeah. God's sakes, this poor woman. They uh, other people with better manners said that she was nice, <laughs> hardworking. And a devoutly Christian mom. Okay. Certainly. Good Christian woman. Yeah. Mm. Certainly not anyone that would inspire the level of rage exhibited in her murder. Sure. She doesn't have like known enemies. Yeah. She's not like involved in any kind of like seedy shit. Mm-hmm. You know. She's just a ma'am. She's just a ma'am. Also, it's the 60s. So I feel like West Virginia was like economically doing a lot better than it is now back then. Mm. You know, good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So police ruled out robbery as a motive as well. There was no sign of forced entry and money was left out in plain sight in the house. Mm -hmm. There was also no evidence of rape or attempted rape. Okay. Okay. Following an autopsy, her official cause of death was listed as, quote, numerous lacerations that had perforated her left lung and aorta, resulting in hemorrhage. Jesus. Ouch. Her time of death was determined to have been between 5.30 and 6 p.m., which was when she would have just returned home from her shift at Fetty's store. And she Mm. was obviously had begun, like, cooking some dinner, uh, cooking, like, some vegetables. So I wonder if someone was waiting for her or if it was someone who knew her routine or maybe got to know her routine. Either she let somebody in. Or like a neighbor who knew when, yeah. Or somebody was waiting for her or fucking luck of the draw. Yeah, true. You know, like it's not like 5.30 and 6 p.m. is a super weird hour time to be home. Yeah, Yeah. you kind of expect Mm -hmm. people to be home around then if they, you know. Yeah. So the Cochran sisters had been sent to check on her and discovered her body, like we said, around 9.30 p.m. So she'd been there for a few hours. 
Nearby neighbors reported that they had not seen any cars drive up Broomstick Road that evening, and they most likely would have noticed. Sick. I know I can't get over Broomstick Road. Road. <laughs> I, I want to live on I know, Road. I cannot get over it. <laughs> so this was a really rural car. Not that many people lived on that car or on that road, and so mm. it was rarely used. And if a car had driven down it, they probably would have attracted someone's attention. Mm. The Cochran sisters would later say that they believed they'd seen a light by the Wilson's barn as they approached the house, though. Mm. Like a flashlight? They just say a light. Or like car lights or something. They didn't Mm. say car light. Maybe I'm guessing flashlight. Yeah, by a barn. Or maybe a A lighter because they had tried to burn the body. Okay. Some kind of light. Okay. But not, but we can assume it's not a car light, like headlights. I feel like they would have said headlights if it yeah. had been headlights. Yep. Many Calhoun County residents believe that Delfred had killed Irene just because the husband did it. Classic Alfred. And also his kind of reputation around town. So some neighbors oh. and acquaintances of Delfred Wilson reported that he had a terrible temper. Oh, shit. And lashed out in rage at many members of the community over the years over, like, various squabbles. Oh, he was the t- he was the town asshole. Yeah, mm. pretty much. One neighbor later recalled, quote, he had a strange slant on life and liked to threaten and fight with his neighbors, mm. end quote. Okay. Great. Great, 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 great. Charming. (laughs) Charmed, I'm Um, sure. Charmed, I'm sure. Uh. (laughs) However, Delfred appeared to have an airtight alibi. Mm, So the hours of his night watchman shift spanned the window in which investigators had determined Irene's murder occurred. Now, I don't know if that means that he had colleagues that saw right, had him. eyes on him. Yeah. During his whole shift. Yeah, because what if he scurried home? Right. What if? Right. How do we know? Just saying, <laughs> especially if you're a night watchman, if you're working yeah. alone. Go home for lunch in the middle of the night. Right? Bench. <laughs> you know? But no car drove down the road. Mm, yeah, but you could have parked up could, the road. Could have parked up the road. I don't know. Maybe his alibi really was airtight. And, like, somebody was working with him the whole time, and he really was not there. I don't know. Maybe. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Worth looking into. Mm -hmm. But belief that Delford was the killer was far from unanimous, and rumors swirled about many other possible suspects in town. Police reportedly questioned numerous local people about the murder, and it was a widely discussed topic in Calhoun County, like who might be on the suspect list? Of course, yeah, who done it? This is the town gossip. Right, Let's go. Yeah. Also, not a big town. No. no. So, so someone has to know something. Was, yeah. Mm, true. So Super one big. frequently mentioned suspect was a local man who suffered from schizophrenia and who, according to a local newspaper, quote, excised his penis and flushed it down a commode at the <gasps> Nycut Hill Bar. Um. Sir, you good? No. Excise his pee. He cut off his own penis at a bar. At a bar. At a bar. And flushed it down the toilet. Listen, I have had some weird nights at the bar, but that's a bit much. Yes. So Mm. obviously he was like this local guy with intense 
mental health mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that a scene from Empire Records? Or am I thinking of something with else? With a penis? She cuts her wrists in no, that. There's another movie around the same time where he just he cuts off his penis I don't in the bathroom. Think that's in Empire Records, but I'll yeah, Google that's it. A little the, too intense for Empire too Records. Tired. Yeah, it's not Empire Records. <laughs> now that I think about it, it's super <laughs> not Empire Records. No. Are you thinking of the song Detachable Penis that we no, listen to I'll a Google lot it. in but middle school? We did listen we did listen to that song. Uh, along with the movie The Piano. Which my mom made me watch at an early age. There was another movie okay. that she rented from Mr. <laughs> Movies, and he was said, "I tried to, I, I cut off my penis, and that was a formative part of my childhood." Anyway, okay, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> oh my God! Please join Patreon so we can pay for Lucy's therapy. That's all I'm going to say. Cut off penis. Okay, I'm moving on. But anyway, okay. this this man who I'm not saying his name, but he had intense mental health struggles and this was known in the community and so of course he's going to come yeah, under everyone's suspicion. just going to point at him but as far as i know there's been no actual evidence linking him to the crime and he was probably just targeted because mm-hmm. he was schizophrenic mm-hmm. on january 17th when still no clear suspect had emerged authorities offered a $500 reward for any information leading to the arrest of the person responsible no one came forward but the fear and tension in the community continued to mount. Residents were extra careful about keeping doors locked and guns loaded. Mm. One former neighbor of the Wilsons, who was 13 years old at the time of the murder, later stated in an interview, quote, everyone was so scared. My mom laid down the law to daddy and we moved out to Five Forks, which was farther away from the murder site. Still to this day, 40 years later, I get chills thinking about it. So like okay. a, a, a neighbor family fully moved away away yeah. because the, the mom was like not comfortable being there anymore. Mm-hmm. So Irene and Delfred's children have made very few comments to the press, but they have indicated that they do not believe their father to have been responsible for their mother's death. Okay. Another relative of Irene Wilson, who is unnamed in the news coverage, also insisted that Delfred was innocent and made reference to her killer likely being a man who lived on nearby Pleasant Hill. Mm. Who, Don't like the name Pleasant Hill. That's yeah. creepy. Okay. It's a Pleasant Hill in Des Moines. <laughs> who was considered to be a model citizen. So I don't know why this relative of Irene's like so convinced fingered him for the crime. Ew. (laughs) Freddie got fingered him. (laughs) I couldn't find out more information. I wanted to find out who this supposed suspect was. Who is the fingerer? Who was fingered? Who fingered the fingerer? Couldn't find out. At this point, it is unlikely that Irene's murder will ever be solved, but it remains the subject of whispers and rumors in Calhoun County to this day. Right. Oh, shit. It's just this weird blip. Huh. God. I can't believe so it's weird. not been solved. I mean, given the size of the community. Well, if it was some rando yeah. who was just passing through, and this is the 60s, without the kind of forensic capabilities that we have yeah, now. They, there's it was no way so they saved 
yeah. things that could later be tested. Back in the fucking days, we could just hop on a train and then you just don't exist because yeah. you could just, everything's on paper. You can just give someone a fake name and there you go. Yeah, it could have just been a a vagrant or a... Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. anyone. Mm-hmm. But it's just weird that there's like literally no motive and then so much rage. Yeah. Yeah, it's really wild. And the, I think it's telling that the kids don't think it was their dad. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, yes, but what what kid, unless under very brutal, right, like abusive circumstances, right. would ever believe? I that don't their know. Parent was I think that's, of that. I think that's kind of interesting to think about, like children of murderers, like how much, or not even children, but just like family members, friends, whoever, like. How mm-hmm. much do they really suspect? Because because mm-hmm. the 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 typical anecdote is like, oh, he's just a regular guy. He's so nice. It's always the quiet but one. But then sometimes it's like, yeah, he's definitely the one who would have brutally raped and murdered. Well, I just mean more like the neighbors, like people said that he had a bad temper and stuff, which I'm assuming means that he also probably had a bad temper at home with his wife mm-hmm. and kids. That is an assumption that I'm making. Mm-hmm. But the kids still don't think that he committed this murder. Mm-hmm. And again, the alibi. Yeah, I just think that there's a bit, there's a, there, ugh, I don't know. The peop- are you if, saying denial or are you saying they probably do have suspicions that they're just not voicing? It's not necessarily denial. It's It's almost more like the two types of people who commit these kinds of crimes, like some fly so under the radar like and some are just hiding in plain sight Mm -hmm. and like everyone knows like oh yeah he's like he's off Mm -hmm. yeah like i don't know it just seems like there it's either one side or the other it's it's hard Mm -hmm. to know Mm -hmm. it's hard to know well the unsolved case (laughs) i I wanted to torture amanda with an unsolved yeah amanda hates it Yeah, I love well, it. Well, the fan picker kind of <laughs> wanted to torture me too, so double dipping for you this All week. All right, perfect. Should we take a quick uh, sponsor break and then yeah. get to my continued torture? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Let's do it. Care of is a subscription service that ships high quality personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. In 2023, instead of a long list of resolutions that just overwhelm you, try focusing instead on a few key things that will allow you to feel more balanced, confident, and maybe even energetic. And Care Of helps you get into that routine with products and digital tools that will help you feel better than ever. I love their like in-depth online quiz. We love a good quiz. Uh, it's a cute quiz. It's a cute quiz. It asks about your lifestyle and health goals. We know that this time of year, we're, a lot of us are making new health goals. And it gets back to you with personalized doctor-backed recommendations And it takes the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. I try to take the care of quiz um, every year, like take it afresh Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, my life and my lifestyle changes. I want to stay up to date. I love my vitamin and supplement lifestyle. You you really do. (laughs) So I am big on the biotin train these days trying to address that uh, postpartum, you know, hormonal changes. 
Well, your hair and your nails will thank you. Yeah, exactly. And they already have. So thank you, Care-of. You're the best. And they have daily vitamin packs. These are great for on-the-go moments. If you're rushing around, you just pop them in your bag and then take them when you have a minute. And the packs themselves are made of plant-based compostable film. So you can stress less about your impact on the environment. It's not a bunch of plastic. Oh, what could be better? So for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code GALS50, G-A-L-S-5-0. One more time, for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter code GALS50 and treat your health. Treat it. There is no one quick fix for anxiety and depression, unforch. Uh, so... You know, some things might help, but they're not going to be the panacea. So regular meditation, a better diet. If you haven't figured it out yet, life, healing, and becoming a better version of yourself is a process, okay? It doesn't stop. You don't just magically arrive one day and you're like, wow, I'm enlightened. I ha- I've i reached the pinnacle of me. I'm here. I'm the best. <laughs> Sadly, that doesn't happen. Or if it has happened... Good on you. You you maybe need to address some choices you've made. But sometimes you just need something that will help unlock your brain, get you started on that process, get you, you know, to have a new way of thinking about and seeing the world. And maybe for you, that thing is guided ketamine therapy from Mind Bloom. In fact, Dan, a sales engineer and real Mind Bloom customer and believer, says, quote, Mind Bloom has helped me take back control of my life. I feel free. Mind Bloom is the leader in at-home ketamine therapy for people looking for a new way to treat their anxiety and depression. They combine science-backed medicine with a guided treatment plan that is both affordable and fast-acting. To begin, take Mind Bloom's online assessment and schedule a video consult with a licensed psychiatric clinician. If approved, you'll work with Mind Bloom on your specific treatment plan and you'll be mailed a customized kit complete with medicine, a journal, and treatment materials. After only two sessions, 87% of Mind Bloom clients reported improvements in depression and 85% reported improvements in anxiety. It's time to enter your next chapter in mental health and well being, achieve transformational outcomes with Mind Bloom. And right now, MindBloom is offering our listeners $100 off your first six-session program when you sign up at mindbloom.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S, and use promo code gals at checkout. Go to mindbloom.com forward slash gals, promo code gals for $100 off your first six-session program today. That's mindbloom.com forward slash gals, promo code gals, and treat your mind. Treat it. All righty, you ready for my case? Yo. Well, good, because it's rough. <laughs> you fucking fan pickers are brutal. They usually are, yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's your fault. <laughs> so for this case, we got to hop into the way, way back machine and travel to West Virginia University in 1970. Mm. It was January 18th when friends and freshman classmates, I don't think they were roommates, but they did live in the same dorm building. Marid Malarik and Karen Farrell 
ventured into downtown Morgantown, West Virginia. They went to see the film Oliver at the Metropolitan Theater. Cuties. Cute. I know. How cute. <laughs> how genuine. How pure. So pure. From what I understood, they took public transportation to get to the show, but afterward, the bus was not running as frequently, so in, like, true 70s fashion, they hitchhiked home. Oh, God. Oh, God. Yep. Yeah. They were seen getting into a cream-colored sedan a couple blocks away from the theater. They were seen entering this vehicle by two classmates who had seen them at intermission. There used to be, like, intermissions at movies. There still are in France sometimes. So, yeah, so you can go pee and get your snacks. And in Charles City, Iowa. Ah. <laughs> um, so they saw them at intermission. They all bumped into each other, and then they sat with them for the remainder of the movie. They had wanted to stay out longer, these friends that bumped into them, but Marit and Karen wanted to get back to campus. When they didn't make it back and hadn't been heard from for a few hours, they were reported missing to the local police. But the police didn't take the girls' disappearance very seriously at first, or like, Kind of at all the whole mm-hmm. time. Shocking. Yeah. Assuming that they had left of their own accord. I mean, the girls are 18, 19 years old. Despite the fact that the girls' friends and family insisted that neither Marid nor Karen were the type of people to just up and leave without letting anybody else know. They were I'm like, surprised is- that like people reported them missing after just a few hours. Yeah, exactly. Being yeah. college students who like live on their own, presumably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think it's like late at night and not like late them. Late at night, and- not like them. They're not party animals. It's, you know, yeah. they they told their friends we're going back to campus and then Didn't. maybe their friends got back and they never made it and they were like, what the fuck? Where are they? Right. And, you know, there aren't cell phones. So I feel like maybe in a day before we had our own methods for trying to locate people without police involvement, mm-hmm. it might have been a little bit more common to report things like this sooner. Just to, get to like have a cop like get in the car and kind of drive and around, drive and around and, take and look. look. Yeah, exactly. Because like these are college kids who might might not have cars. Like maybe you know, yeah, maybe they're walking. Maybe they broke an ankle. Like whatever. Exactly. Well, so also, I could see were these girls white too. Karen most certainly was white. Marid is like white presenting in photographs, but I'm not certain if she was white, but she looks white. I feel like in the 70s, yeah. that would be a differentiating factor. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. It would be now. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they're reported missing. Two months pass without a word from the girls. Oh, my God. Not a single clue as to where they are. And then in March, a kid picking up soda bottles around U.S. Highway 119 found a purse in a ditch about 50 feet off the road. Oh, God. The contents of the bag confirmed it belonged to Marid. Despite this bit of evidence, police still were not convinced of foul play. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. But this became undeniable when on April 8th, 1970, West Virginia State Police received an anonymous letter postmarked from Cumberland, Maryland, containing information about the women's disappearance. The letter was signed with only a little drawing of a triangle. Oh, I don't like that. I know. This is like a fucking God. Zodiac shit. It's very Zodiac. It's very creepy. <gasps> the letter was dated April 6th, 1970 and read, Gentlemen, I have some information on the whereabouts of the bodies of the two missing West Virginia University co-eds, no. Marid Malarik and Karen Farrell. Follow directions very carefully to the nth degree, and you cannot fail to find them. 
Proceed 25 miles directly south from the southern line of Morgantown. This will bring you to a wooded forest land. Enter into the forest exactly one mile. There are the bodies. 25 plus 1 equals 26 miles total. Will reveal myself when the bodies are located. Sincerely, Triangle. The fuck? Yeah. so gross. So, hoping to get some information from the community, this letter was published in the newspaper the next day. Within 24 hours of publishing the letter, another letter arrived. It reads as such. Gentlemen, I saw the article in this morning's newspaper concerning my previous letter on the missing two co-eds. If you reread my first letter carefully, you will see the directions were specific, direct south from the city, meaning the southern limit of Morgantown, West Virginia. Straight south, 25 miles, you will come to a forest woodland. Enter in one mile, south. Fanning out, you will locate the bodies of the girls covered over with brush. Look carefully. The animals are now on the move. (coughs) Do trust this will help you out with exact location. Will still identify myself when bodies are located. Sincerely, Triangle. So there's something about the shape of like the southern line... And the 25 miles and then the one mile. Maybe. Or is he lead? Is he giving them basically the same directions in two different like no, ways he, of he, saying it? Yeah, he's giving, he's it's trying to reiterate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, you- I just meant like the 25 plus one is 26 and from the southern line of this and then. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't it's know. very it's very um geometric. It seems specific, but it's actually quite vague and we will get to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the public was understandably frustrated that police hadn't taken this seriously, and in response, the governor of West Virginia at the time ordered all hands on deck to search for their bodies with the information given to them in the letters. Cuz the letters were a little bit polarizing where police were like, "Eh, I think this is bullshit." We're they not going to waste resources they, on this. They didn't want to mount a full-scale search, and the public was like, fuck that. What the fuck? And then the governor was like, just fucking do it. If the police didn't do it, then I feel like p- the public would have, so... Yep, yep. There would have been an so, uproar of some kind. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So this was a bit easier said than done, as some directions that, that are given in this, these letters are vague. There is no distinct, quote, southern line of Morgantown from which to start. And the vast majority of West Virginia, as we've covered, is heavily wooded, leaving a lot of ground to cover. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you say there's woods 25 miles south of Morgantown, it's like, yeah. Yeah. No (laughs) shit. There's probably woods two miles south of Morgantown. (laughs) Literally, yes. Surrounding Morgantown. Right. So this search for their bodies was unsuccessful based on the information given in the letters. However, some personal items belonging to the girls were found during this search, including Marid's sunglasses and Karen's purse that contained her driver's license. Mm. These items were found scattered about 70 feet away from a stretch of that, like, Highway 119, which told investigators that whoever dumped them here couldn't have thrown them that far from the window of a moving car and had gotten out and chosen the area to scatter the belongings. Creepy. But still, no bodies. The search continued, expanding far beyond the vague boundaries of the mysterious letters. And finally, on April 16th, 1970, so about three, almost three months to the day from when they were last seen, their bodies were discovered in shallow graves, not 26 miles of uh, south of Morgantown, but rather about 11 miles south. Hmm. Both of the girls were missing their heads. Oh. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay. Oh, no. It's bad. Shortly after the bodies were found, Triangle kept their promise to send more information, but not reveal who they were. Two more letters would arrive, one to the police and one, disgustingly, to Marid's parents. Ugh. This time giving information on the location of their heads. The letter to police was dated April 21st, 1970 and read, quote, the heads can be found from the position of the bodies by striking out 10 degrees southwest for the first head. What the fuck is this? The fucking Boy Scouts? Yeah, seriously. Enough. And approximately 10 degrees southeast for the second, roughly one mile. You are already seven tenths of that mile. They are within the mine entrance. There's like a, a an yeah. old mine in that area. If you can call it an entrance, considering its condition, this sounds like a, ba- a like a bad like math like a math test math joke. teacher. Yeah, it's very yeah. If the two trains are traveling at ten right. degrees, <laughs> yeah, my brain hates nothing more than if this the body shit. is located yeah. at this location, the head is right. located ten at degrees the body seven tenths of that mile. <laughs> It's painful, and I fucking hate it. They are buried not over one foot in depth. The ones responsible for the murders scattered some of the girls' personal effects over the general area, creating a pattern of confusion, making it difficult for you to pinpoint any exact location. My first two letters triggered your intensive search. Don't give up now. Sincerely, Triangle. The fuck? So is Triangle now trying to distance themselves from... Whoever committed the murders? Maybe. Or at least trying to implicate that there are other parties. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't like you very much right now. No, I know. Mm. I don't like me either. I get it. <laughs> one week later, Marid's parents received a letter from Triangle, and this would be the last one sent. It read, quote, I have sent three letters to the Morgantown State Police Department concerning your daughter, Marid, and Karen. The first and second were taken with some seriousness and instituted a search, which was successful in locating two bodies, minus the heads, which were needed for other purposes. Oh! Uh-huh. All of a sudden, the police have been complaining about an error in the mileage stated in my second letter. After one has driven in an oval pattern for 26 miles under the weather conditions of January and under the involved circumstances, it is possible to make about an 18-mile error in the precise location of the bodies. Nevertheless, they were found south of Morgantown, as stated in the letter, even to that which was called a logging lane or old mine road. In my opinion, both are the same. Who is this nut job? We'll get to it. Fucking gross. It's so gross. To this day, the girls' heads have never been located. No. And we'll circle back to these letters in a moment, but let's go over some forensics and, like, what we do know. Ugh. Yeah, it sucks. By the time Marid and Karen's bodies were found, there had been a great deal of decomposition and animals had indeed gotten to them, which compromised some of the evidence in an already kind of archaic time of evidence collection in the first place. Well, the animals are on the move now. Because mm-hmm. this is what year, like 80? 70, 1970. Oh. Yeah. Because of the state of decomposition, it could not be determined if the women had been sexually assaulted. The hope is that they were not, and there is not evidence to determine they were. Both bodies were even fully and neatly clothed, like including shoes, gloves, shirts tucked in, and even a pack of cigarettes tucked into the waistband of Marid's jeans, Mm-mm. which she was known to have done herself. 
Okay. That's some so those weren't shit, like though, too possibly. Well, it could be possibly. It, it could be, but that's oh. a pretty small detail, right? To that stage, she, like that, and that's that. normal for her to do. Right. It's like you could have tucked him in the pocket, but you didn't. So you know, it 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 just alluded to the fact that they weren't planted there by the killer. Right. There were a few items of clothing missing from the girls' bodies, including Marid's fur-lined boots and Karen's fur coat, which we'll, cu- we'll kind of circle back to the fur in a little bit. Yeah. Both women had also been wearing necklaces when they disappeared, and these were also missing, so possible trophies. trophies I mean, yeah. they were decapitated, so... Ah! Uh, okay, mm-hmm. sorry. That was horrible. No, uh, yeah. Their clothes were also not bloody, which is a pretty baffling detail and could suggest that they were nude when they were killed. And their clean clothes were put back on for their burial. But it's also like it had to have been very meticulous to get everything as neat and tidy as it was when you're dressing the like a body. I don't mean of someone like, else. I don't mean to be gross, but the reason why I balked at them not being having been undressed at all is because like, I don't know, most people who kill who abduct and kill women like this sexually right. Assault or mutilate them. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then I mean, they were a, mutilated. A, but. a lot of them redress them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that there are cigarettes like p- tucked into the back pocket, my initial response was like, oh, my God, he 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 redressed he paid them attention. the way he found yeah, them. He very well may have. It's possible. Yeah. It also cannot be determined exactly what tool was used to remove their heads, though the markings suggest a machete or a hatchet. So some like large hacking, hacking tool and no blood, which is really weird, really weird. But also if they were killed, already been dead, if they were killed and then maybe stored or left for a little while. And then that could also be why there wasn't like a bunch of blood all over their clothes. Right, right. You know, maybe they were killed in a in a less messy way. Yeah, and then later. And then later, after blood flow is, like, pretty well done, mm-hmm. staunched, and coagulating, mm-hmm. then the heads are removed for, quote, other purposes. Yeah. Or other purposes, including, like, identification. Mm-hmm. Could be, yeah. Yeah, dental records. Or but they did identify them. We've heard of worse things reasons for heads yes, to be right, and right. I'm hoping it's not that, but God only knows. Mm-hmm. So the first place to look for a suspect would obviously be in these letters. It was assumed, understandably so, that the killer was behind these letters. A thorough investigation, including handwriting analysis, actually led police to the Psychic Science Church, a small religious cult of the 70s. I was gonna say, maybe the letter writer is a is a amateur psychic. Mm-hmm. Who was like, well, 18 miles off isn't that bad, guys. And it was south. And mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that last letter oh, to the parents <laughs> is very much like, a, well, I was right. I was pretty so. close. And yep. you're welcome. Ew. I mean, you're, you're spot on. That's exactly what was going on here. So <gasps> the cult leader, a man named Reverend Can Richard Warren Hoover. <laughs> you're the cult leader touted himself as a psychic and claimed the information in the letters was provided to him by a spirit during a seance. Oh, God, they're doing a seance. A spirit? A spirit? spirit? In reality, he'd made all of it up using bits and pieces of the case that had been revealed in the news and in the community. Ew. Mm -hmm. Three individuals were connected to the letters and all cleared of any actual connection to Marit or Karen, 
But beyond being a fucking sick hoax and unimaginable torture to poor Marid's parents yeah. and Kara's parents, but they didn't get unfucking forgivable. I don't care if you genuinely think you're a psychic and like nope, maybe no. you are. Fuck off. And I don't you care if you think you're family. helping the fuck you. Don't it's so fucked up. Fucking contact the family that is fucked no. up. No, you, this is like you said, un- completely unforgivable. Yeah, but even beyond that, police had been so convinced that these letters came from the killer that they had even ruled out other suspects based on handwriting analysis. That's not okay. Nope. And according to reports I read, many of these suspects were not followed up on even after the letters turned out to be fake. No, that's horrible. That's God. that is when you—that's police misconduct. Yeah. It's completely, it's complete bullshit. This yeah. whole case is it's irresponsible. Rife it didn't take any handwriting to abduct and murder these two girls. Yep. Women. Six, six years. I mean women, but they were young. Basically kids. They were, they were like 18 or 19 years old. Young women. Yeah. So six years would pass with very little investment from investigators into this case when an answer seemingly fell into their lap. In 1976, a man named Eugene Paul Clausen was serving a prison sentence in New Jersey for sexually assaulting a 14-year-old girl. God. Mm. While in prison, he came forward to confess to killing Marid and Karen. Some things did fit here. He was born and raised in Morgantown, West Virginia, and so he would know the area well. Mm -hmm. He was a repeat sexual offender, typically preying on young women and girls. But, like, why come forward after six years? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, he claimed that he was having repeat nightmares about their murders and that what he had done was haunting him. And if he was in prison anyway, he felt that he should confess, which like, okay, fair enough. We see this happen all the time. Yeah. Maybe don't kidnap, rape, murder and decapitate people if you don't want to have bad dreams. But if you but if you have a moment, of course. Yeah. Then confess. Yeah. Okay, so he passed a polygraph, which we know is a polarizing tool mm-hmm. but uh even if we remove the polygraph information passed a polygraph meaning that he did that it. he was telling the truth about having done it correct okay but his confession had a lot of red flags mm-hmm. first it contained a bunch of incorrect information about the crimes he said he placed the bodies side by side in their grave in the woods but investigators found the girls stacked on top of each other I, that is <laughs> Oh, God, it's that's so horrible. so fucking sad. So fucking gross. The, the girl on the bottom was face down, and the girl on the top was facing up on her back. So they were, like, back-to-back stacked. So they, oh, were said the, they, were, they were buried at the same time. Yep. Yep. And they weren't even really buried. It was like there was a little bit of a ditch and then, like, brush put over them. Mm-hmm. He also said when he picked up the girls, he had pulled out a gun and told them to sit in the backseat of his car. But the friends who had seen them get into the cream-colored sedan had not seen any weapon and clearly remembered the two girls sitting in the front seat, which was like one of those old 70s cars with a front middle seat, no center console. Yeah. Like my parents used to have a car like that. Yeah. So they both got into the front seat. Like a bench seat? It's one bench seat in the front seat and a bench seat in the back. And they both, the friends were like, no, they got, they drove off in the front seat. They were not in the back seat. I mean, maybe he meant that like, after they got out of town, he pulled the gun and made them move to the back seat. Very possible. Are we really well, giving cre- like credence to this? We man's? are, and we'll we are, and we'll get to it. Okay, okay, because it's actually not likely that he did it. Okay. Oh, most of the red flags, like the or the most telling red flag, was that all of the errors that he was giving in his statement 
were the same as a dramatized write-up on this case that had been released in a magazine called Detective Cases. Mm. It's kind of like True Story magazine, mm-hmm. but for true crime. Yeah. Which it's entirely possible Eugene got his hands on while in prison mm-hmm. and was inspired to make a confession. Mm. He also claimed that he had the girls undress, sexually assaulted them to climax multiple times for himself. Mm-hmm. And then had them get dressed again before killing them, which tracks, but they didn't, I mean, and I guess it was months later, but they didn't find any, like, semen or anything in these girls. Mm -hmm. And if that is the case, why were they dressed, like, so exactly how they were last seen? So neatly, down to the cigarettes tucked in Mara's waistband. Like, if they're just, if they had both just been raped. Yeah, their clothes would have been maybe a little more disheveled. Right. Not right. so neatly put back on. Right. And why was there no blood on their clothes? Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little weird if they dressed themselves and weren't redressed after being killed. And beyond that, this is like, for me, this is the biggest smoke and gun. For him to claim to have climaxed several times is medically, like, almost impossible for him. Because Eugene suffered from a chromosomal abnormality called Kleinfelter, Kleinefelter syndrome. And a symptom he had was severe erectile dysfunction. Like he physically could not have performed the act the way that he claimed. So he he was essentially fantasizing. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. And Mm -hmm. had taken these details from a magazine and then was fantasizing and building himself up. Oh, Mm -hmm. my. Talking about how he was able to climax multiple times. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's disgusting. Because that's what he would want to have happened in his fantasy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That is so fucked up. Yeah. Everything so about this-, this is so fucked up. I know, fan picker. <laughs> so despite all of these inaccuracies and Eugene eventually recanting his confession when everybody was like, wait, he was like, yeah, that's actually not what happened. He proceeded to trial because the cops are like, well, we've got our guy. I hate these cops. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He was convicted of Marit and Karen's murders in 1977, but that verdict was overturned by the West Virginia Supreme Court because the prosecution was fucking shady and was found to have made false statements during trial about presented evidence. Mm -hmm. Three years later, in 1980, Eugene went back to trial for these murders. This time he testified that he made a false confession in an attempt to be transferred away from the New Jersey prison to West Virginia because he was under the impression that if he got, like, moved because he was convicted of another crime, then he wouldn't have to continue to face the consequences of his charges for the sexual assault in New Jersey. Oh, like it just replaced the previous crime conviction? This is obviously very stupid logic. That's what happens. Yeah, it's very stupid logic. Confessing to one crime does not erase the sentence of another. Do you think it was for a couple reasons that, like, one, he's from West Virginia, so he wanted to be closer to family to visit him in prison in West Virginia, if he had anyone to do that. And two, if he's in prison in New Jersey for sexually assaulting a child, maybe he's not that popular in prison. And so if he gets moved to West Virginia for murders of two technically adults. Could be. Maybe he wouldn't be like as targeted in prison. Could be, Maybe. Could be both. I mean, if that was his motive, he certainly didn't say that. Right. And he also like tested below 70 in IQ. Yeah. So he was like not. Maybe not thinking through all of the. Impl- he just he just yeah. got something in his mind and went for it. Yep. 
Yeah. Okay. So it was looking less and less likely that he was actually the culprit of this crime. And this was still in the before times when it comes to forensic evidence. Mm Mm-hmm. But the jury still convicted him in the second trial, and he died in prison in 2009 while serving his sentence. Oh, my God. Yep. But looking back on this case with a more advanced understanding of forensic evidence, many professionals believe that Eugene was not the killer. We need to just there needs to be more awareness in the community, in the jury pool across the country of false confessions. False confessions. There's a really good. What's it called? Like they're so much more common than I think we think they are. For like a myriad of reasons, like hidden for brain. like, yes, There's like a really good hidden brain episode about police it. coercion, mm-hmm. false confessions, and then also just like wackadoo false confessions. Oh, yeah. Very common. Hmm. So if the he confession killer, killer is mm-hmm. a it's on Netflix and it's about this guy who just I think he did. I think he was a murderer, but he confessed to like. Dozens more murders than he was yeah, actually responsible sure. for. Confessing for clout, confessing mm-hmm. for like different conditions yeah. in prison or like just because you're bored in prison. I think They're it was like, like him and his brother or something, but he was like, oh, well, I'm already going to prison for life. I might as well confess to. Yeah. Rack up my literal body count. Yeah. 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 Just for the. Yeah. Just, like or you even said, just like for the clout. Gang members like confessing to other people's crimes for them in order for mm-hmm. like commissary money when they're inside right. or like money to their families. Mm-hmm. It's equally as frustrating, I'm sure, for like authorities as for serial killers who who will confess to like, you know, ten out of their fifteen murders. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. keep those last five like for them for themselves. Right. Right. It's kind it's of the fucked same thing. up on both sides. Yeah. And it's yeah both frustrating and also some investigators benefit from false confessions. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <sighs> okay. Clearance. But if, yeah, clearance rates. But if Eugene was not the killer, who was? There were a handful of other sus- uh, suspects that could be responsible. And we'll go over some of those now. So one was a man named William Bernard Hacker, uh. rightfully named, who was arrested for murdering and decapitating a man in Maryland in 1970. And remember that the, well, I guess the letters were sent from Maryland, but we know the letters weren't from the killer. But But like, if the killer was in Maryland and this cult that was sending the letters was in Maryland, Mm. there could be a connection there. Mm. I don't know. Mm. So he was arrested for murdering and decapitating a man in Maryland in 1970. Now, he wasn't arrested in 1970, but that's when he killed someone. Okay. He had been born in West Virginia, where he spent most of his life, mm. even working as a young child in a mine very close to where Marit and Karen were found. Mm. It's possible that he was connected to several murders and decapitations near where he lived in that area from 1921 to 1952. I literally have no idea how, but he was apparently convicted of a double murder in 1952, but was released from prison in 1966. There were like shockingly short sentences. Yeah. In the 50s and 60s. Like, I don't like I feel like I just recently covered a case like this where, oh, it was Gaskins. Yeah. Yeah. Wee Gaskins. And he just kept going to prison for like six years. And then he was out while he had been in prison in that time. There were shockingly zero decapitations in the area. No. And then after he got out, there was another, quote, unsolved decapitation almost immediately. 
then two more in 1967, <gasps> another in 1968, That's... and then Marit and Karen were killed in 1970. Okay, well, no. I feel like it's this guy. Well, <laughs> maybe. Call me crazy, but... <laughs> I, I feel... thought that too, but there's another if one. If the decapitations like, picked back up... Yeah. <laughs> they did. William was arrested for the 1968 murder in late 1970, so it would be after mm-hmm. they were kidnapped and killed. And weirdly enough, once he went back to prison, the, quote, unsolved beheadings once again stopped. Mm-hmm. Very sus. This guy is now long dead. He certainly never confessed to this or any of the other unsolved decapitations that it's likely he committed, but they like just couldn't connect him to. Mm. But that's a very, very solid possibility. Very specific MO very and specific. also locale. Yep. Another possibility was a man named Eddie Slaughter. Hacker or Slaughter? Ha- Hacker or Slaughter. No. No. Pick your poison. <laughs> Pick your fighter. Don't love. No. 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 Yeah, some names should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> Just saying. Slaughter is like a very common last name. So common. And it's weird. Could it it's be Slaughter? Slaughter. Can we call it Eddie Slaughter? Eddie worked as a janitor in the same dorm where Marit and Karen lived, and he left that job shortly after they went missing. A brave young woman came forward shortly before Marit and Karen's bodies were found. And uh, so after they had gone missing, but before their bodies were found, mm-hmm. this the, the, investiga- the investigation is really ramping up. Mm-hmm. And like everyone's talking about this. And right. this young woman is like, oh, fuck, I had this weird encounter. I'm going to tell the police. Okay. So this woman was aware of their disappearance and felt it relevant to report an encounter that she had with Eddie about a month before the girls disappeared. She said that she was standing outside at a gas station when Eddie pulled up and offered her a ride. Now, in my research, I don't know what kind of cars these people drove. Was it a cream-colored sedan? I'm not sure, but it was also the 70s, so, like, everyone drove a cream-colored sedan. Right, right. There was only sedan cars. uh, Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) I feel like that was specifically not mentioned. It's the only cars that exist. It's the only car that existed. It was either a sedan or a truck. Nothing else (laughs) A sedan, an old truck, or, like, an orange Volkswagen Beetle. Those are the three cars that existed. Right. No Wagoneer. Exactly. So she said that she was, again, standing outside at a gas station when Eddie pulled up and offered her a ride. She declined, saying that her friends were coming to pick her up, but it was cold outside. This is December. It's like a month before the girls disappeared. So he managed to convince her to sit in his car and warm up while she's waiting for her friends. No. She remembered him making her so uncomfortable and that he was obsessing over the clothes she was wearing, specifically her fur coat which was missing from Karen. No. Karen was also wearing a fur coat. And that he kept saying how much he, quote, loved to rub furry things. Oh, no. Which was fucking it for this girl. She was like, nope. She got out of the car. He drove off. Good for her. Police I mean, I also like to rub furry things. Yeah. But, not well, like yeah. A creepy but you're not way. picking up your random- friends. Yeah. I'm not going to pick someone up and like start touching their coat. Yeah. Or even just without asking about the like, but the items of clothing that are missing are fur lined boots from Marid and a fur coat from Karen. Yep. And the two necklaces, but you know. So police looked into him and found that he was indeed employed at WVU at the time of Marid and Karen's disappearance and. That he had called sick into work uh, on January 18th and 19th. The girls had gone missing on the 18th. Oh. 
They had already received the triangle letters by the time they were looking into him. So they went to his home and got a sample for handwriting analysis. Uh, right, which had he nothing to do with it. Match. Match. Perfect match. Oh. He didn't match because the Colts, the stupid yeah, fake Colts, the, the letters, letters were irrelevant. The letters were irrelevant. So he wasn't a match and they dismissed him as a suspect. And he's one of the possible killers who was not followed up on after the letters were determined to be a hoax. I personally think it was him. God. But the fucking beheader. Unless I know. unless Eddie knew about the beheader. And was trying to cover it yes. up. Yes. Trying and to so make it look like someone back else. And the blood and was already stopped bleeding. Maybe. How can there be this many gross fucking people in such a small area? Well, yeah, there I are mean, there's a one lot more of disgusting men. Turns so out many. there are just way more disgusting men, men than you even realize. And like that is like gross. I fucking shudder to think. Like it Ugh. is never meet a man. Ugh. There was also a serial killer active in that area around that time. Ah, the seventies were of incredible. A man named John Brennan Crutchley. Hacker, Slaughter, and Crutchley. And I think this John Brennan Crutchley guy became known as like the vampire rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Hard now. I didn't go too deeply into him because I actually don't think this guy did it. But people who live in Morgantown, get get out. Run. In West Virginia. Let's do a Morgantown live show. Just go. See what happens. So this murderer's sister had attended WVU in 1970. So that's a connection. Mm -hmm. His father worked at the company who happened to own the land where the, excuse me, girls' bodies were found. Mm. And he was confirmed to have been on a break from school over the time that Marred and Karen went missing. However, all of this connecting to him is strictly circumstantial. Nothing can actually put him in Morgantown on the day the girls disappeared. But we so know I feel like he was a weak. serial killer. Well, we do know. What that. was his mo? Do you know? I didn't. Yeah. I, I was already. Yeah, like, we've got a lot. So to far go gone. <laughs> yeah. But feel free. Oh, well, yes, there was an active serial killer at the time. I oh, didn't right. have time to get into it. I didn't. There was a there lot. Too many other. No, I know. More I just, likely like, suspects. Sus- Ooh. Oh, Crutchley is oh, he's really, really, creepy. really creepy looking. Is it the vampire rapist guy? Yeah. Well, is this it, last guy, this convicted. Yeah. yeah. Drop yeah. the picture. It's, he's not. Are you ready? I don't know. I'll that you're never ready. be ready, but go ahead. Do it. Drop it. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, wow. He's disgusting. <laughs> oh, Crutchley. Oh, he's suspected of murdering up to 30 women. No. Not great. Not great. No. So. When you have glasses that big and eyes that small and tone lips that down. thin, mm-hmm. you're not going to get away with anything. No. No. Ugh. So this case remains open and active. Like just this past summer, forensic professionals set up a full blown like archaeological excavation of the area where the girls were found in search of like heretofore undiscovered evidence. They're still looking for the fucking heads and they dispatch cadaver dogs to look for them, use ground x-ray technology to aid in their search, made a huge grid and none of it has yielded a smoking gun. So this case, like while it's quote unquote closed in the court, it's not, it's not like, yeah, that Eugene that guy, fucking was guy creepy, didn't but do no. it. He didn't do, I, I really don't think he did it. No. And now, this case is over 50 years old. 
Wow. It's just, it's so fucking sad. I, I hadn't heard of this case. This case is wild. All right, let's vote on mm-hmm. the suspects. We have Hacker, Slaughter, yep. Crutchley, yep. or Eugene. Or who Eugene. I must slaughter. I think the it was janitor. slaughter. I'm a slaughter. I think it was too. the janitor. I'm a slaughter too. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Hacker it's or slaughter. It's a toss up between hacker and slaughter, but the fact that slaughter worked in their dorm. In their dorm. And then in called in their sick dorm. to work. It's mm-hmm. the call the in day. sick to work for me. Yeah. yeah. Because yep. like it's... the fur thing, maybe he was just high and like. Mm. Who doesn't like fur? Right. Everyone likes Everybody fur. Everybody likes but... to rub furry things. Right. Right, not fur specifically, but you know, yes, there, there she goes. Jelly, crabs are jelly Beth, Jelly Beth. <laughs> yeah, that the 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 Eugene Slaughter thing is the one that Eddie really Slaughter. sticks. Sorry, Eddie Slaughter really sticks in my craw, as they say. I'm a, yeah. I'm a slaughter. I'm on the slaughter mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Are you a hacker, Kenya? The beheadings. I think it's slaughter, but I I like my theory of he went back on the nineteenth. Mm-hmm. And was like, shit, I got to cover this up and make it look like it's this unsolved beheading guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I could see that. How many murderers have the foresight to be like, oh, I really want to kill someone, so I'm going to make it look like someone else did? It, it. wouldn't have to be foresight. It could have been afterthought. I'm saying yeah, it was. He could have gone back. Like he, he could have gone back like, a day or two he, after. He yeah, he realizes they've already been reporting reported missing right mm-hmm. away, and he gets a little spooked and he goes mm-hmm. back, cuts their head off, heads off potentially for evidence slash trophies slash right. to throw off. That the would MO. explain the blood too, right? Yep, that's what I'm the saying. The lack of blood. Mm. Weird, right? Mm. I do think I do think that the 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 no blood on the clothes thing really makes me think that either. They were fully nude, but I also feel like we would know that. Like, there'd still be blood on their skin mm-hmm. and stuff. But, like, that wasn't mentioned in any reports. Granted, a lot of this stuff is, like, old articles from the 70s, so I don't know how gory they're going to get with Maybe it. Maybe it was but... some sort of, like, M.O., like, he, you know, washed them afterwards. Maybe. Or, like, took I... all their clothes, you know. I Yeah, Ooh. I don't know. Who knows? Ooh. I do not know. Also, but if he just got his jollies off on the fur, then he wouldn't have to have actually sexually assaulted them right right like if he just got his jollies off on the the death and the fur he still would yep. have killed them though. i know yeah, yeah and like but they were there saying there wasn't blood. evidence right but she's saying Post-mortem. that this tracks with the lack of evidence of sexual right, assault right yeah, right yeah 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 that's yeah. what she's connecting also yeah. as no, i'm just stroking uh, jelly beth you're yeah. really soothing yourself and it's making me soothed through the television so thank you but anyway that's my case. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I know. That's the, one of the craziest cases I think you've ever covered. I think so, too. It was very she was fascinating. Spicy. Well, yeah. That's what I was saying. I, t- I texted them earlier and I was like, this She's spicy. is a spicy case. <gasps> Roll well, thank you yikes. to our fan mm-hmm. picker, Andriana, Andriana, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. selecting mm-hmm. this topic and sending that case. That was yeah. fascinating. Good. Really fascinating fucking lord i know yep. what i'm gonna be doing the next time i visit my aunt knuckles cabin in west virginia i'm gonna be looking avoiding for, west virginia looking for heads looking for heads oh. headhunters headhunting god. Oh, god all right, all right. we will all see right. you next week <laughs> we're bad people we're so sorry <laughs> bye <Bye-bye. Bye-bye. laughs>
Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime. Our cover art is by Kala Yip. Music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Editing by Jonathan Camp. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have questions, answers, or recommendations to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to spread the word. If you'd like to show your support, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers. Cheers.